the reason that theology is important, why should we as Christians study it daily? Uh, well, I think it's because he commands us to. Um, the, the two greatest commandments is to love God and love neighbor, right? He says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is likewise, to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and, and love is at the base of all of those, right? To love God and to love neighbor. But I would venture to say that you can't love someone you don't know. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the Theotalks podcast, where we strive to make theology simple. My name is Justin. Along with me is the one and only Roland Hart. And today is an exciting day. This is the inaugural episode of Theotalks, the very first one ever done. Um, and I know I'm excited. Roland, how are you feeling about that, brother? I am elated over here. I am happy to see this finally come together after, uh, let's see, some... Um, uh, technical um, difficulties and some <laughs> financial burdens, but you know, after all, Absolutely. you know, God is good, and He has, you know, you know, He has gotten us together. He's gotten us over those hurdles, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, where we are and what we're doing at this moment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so it's so weird that you know we just hit the record button a few minutes or a few seconds ago, and it's like, man, we're actually doing this. Like, it's such a weird feeling, but it's cool at the same time just to see kind of where this came as an idea originally just this simple idea of hey we should probably start this to know we're actually doing this like we're actually going to put some money in it like we got some skin in the yeah, game it's got some skin in the game that's right yeah and yeah. so um i'm just really happy to be here um so i so i second you in, in that regard so um so everyone else listening if you're watching thank you so much for joining us um we are Absolutely. super excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today um we're going to tackle um I think one of the the foundational questions um, of this channel is what is theology, right? We named our mm -hmm. channel after the the concept of theology, and I just think it's a topic that we all should um, have and, and be having. And so um, we're going to talk about that. Before we get to that, though, um, I want to ask that if you could please go and and subscribe um, to our YouTube channel and also wherever you um, listen to your podcast, go download us there as well. If you could, um, that would be incredibly helpful. Um, and I'll put everything in the the, the links below um, for all of our other social channels like Facebook and Instagram and all of those things. So um, but even before we get into our topic, um, I don't think a lot of people really know who we are. I mean, I think it would be a good thing for us to, you know, kind of give a little background on on ourselves and who we are. So, brother, if you would kick us off, just tell us a little bit about um, yourself, how you came to know the Lord and, you know, kind of where you are now. All right. Well, you know, I'm rolling and I mean, I don't have a whole bunch to say about myself other than the fact that, you know, um, I'm just, you know, just just love the Lord, you know, and, and, and I, I guess to probably give some, you know, some, some, um, history as to, you know, even how this kind of came along, this kind of came about, you know, through just kind of seeing how beneficial podcasts are, right. And definitely how beneficial, you know, the video and the podcast are, you know, watching video sermons and different things like that and seeing how, you know, much that I myself have actually learned, you know, from these particular, you know, um, 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 mediums that 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 you know that are being used to get this information out there so um you know one day i was just thinking you know what maybe maybe i should do this you know for, for myself you know and i actually went as far as to go out and you know purchase some you know some audio equipment because my originally i was just going to do a uh, a an audio podcast 
And then basically I didn't move forward with it. I just, it just kind of sat there and I didn't do anything with it, you know, and, and, and shame on me. But I think, you know, again, if I think back, you know, hindsight, or if I just think back to that particular time, God was already working in me, you know, he, he already knew, you know, what was fast forward where we are right now, what was to come. So he was just going ahead and he was just basically trying to lessen the financial burden for me. So it was just less I had to buy this time. You understand what I'm talking about? So uh, <laughs> God knew he's like, Roland, you know, you're going to use it one day. Just hang on to it. And um, so, you know, so that's how that basically came about was just kind of a thought, you know, that this is something that's important. It should be, you know, it, it should. And, and, you know, I think we all are given, you know, gifts in, in, in different areas. And I think, like I said, you know, um, or, or I've said before to people that I think even back to just the things that I've been involved with, you know, over my life, when I was in high school, I was on the AV team, you know, so I was, I've always been kind of in audio and video when I was, you know, when I, when, you know, the member of the different churches that I've been at, you know, I've always been on the audio video, you know, the, uh, the right. AV, AV side. So basically I think all God was showing me along the way was Roland, this is what makes sense. You know, this is kind of the area that you need to be in, you know, and, and this is probably what you should be doing, you know, as, as much excitement as I get, you know, listening to other successful podcasts, you know, I got plenty of brothers out there that are, that are doing podcasts and they're just taking off. And it's a beautiful thing to see these things, you know, come together and the information and the followings and the different, you know, just the, the, the following of the people, because the information is, 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 is exactly what, you know, needs to be, you know, needs to be heard because it's all mm -hmm. Christ centered, you know? So right. I was like, you know what, this is, this is kind of where, you know, I need to be. And, um, you know, also given the fact that, you know, if I give a little backstory on my, you know, on my, um, on my salvation, I mean, of course my salvation starts off, you know, just like everybody, you know, pretty much, you know, I, I was a sinner, you know, I did things, you know, um, prior to being saved and knowing Christ that, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, a good majority of people are involved in, you know, when they're in their sin nature, you know, the natural man, you know, they, they do these things, you know, and, and, and they're not aware of them. And, and, and right. that's, and that, that's going to be the big difference between, you know, somebody that's saved and somebody that's not is, you know, when you're not saved, you're not aware of the sin that you're doing. It's just, it's just everday life, you know, I just mm -hmm. do it. Oh, you know, Olati, you know, Ali, you know, whatever. Yeah. I just, I'll just do it. But uh, when you are saved, then those things, when you do them, you know, they actually, you, you, you are aware of them. And, right. you know, if you are in right, you know, agreement with our Christ, then you are also aware of who, of who, you know, you are offending when you do these, you know, these sins that you commit. So that's right. going to be the big difference. So, you know, yes, I was running around, you know, I was, you know, doing these, I mean, I was just a sinner, you know, I, and I, and I really was, you know, in every aspect, I was just a sinner. And then, um, I would say, I think it was after, um, after, after I was divorced that I started going to church. Right. So I got married, you know, in the world, got married, you know, to a person of the world and was living in the world. And of course, you know, doing things that people do in the world, running around, you know, you know, having sexual escapades that, you know, definitely no, mm -hmm. I mean, there's just, just big no's, you know? And uh, yep. so, you know, I get married to a worldly person because I'm a worldly person, you know, two worldly people, you know, get married. So we get married and, you know, we, we have a child and uh, of course things just didn't work out, you know, um, just based on 
you know, where, where we were at the time and um, just worldly things. And so we got, you know, divorced. And then shortly after that, I started going to church with uh, some friends of mine that invited me to go to church. Uh, I'm actually really uh, excited and happy that the search that they actually, you know, had me going to um, was um, my first introduction to expository preaching. Prior mm. to that, uh, you know, everything prior to that for me was, you know, was topical, um, wasn't expository, and I, I really had no idea what it was. But what it did for me is it actually probably was the best thing that could happen to me because, you right. know, we at this particular church, they would start in Genesis one and just read through, you know, Revelation, you know, I mean, you know, however long that took. And then as soon as you get to, you know, the end of Revelation, you jump back right to Genesis one, you start all over again, start over, yeah. you start over again, you know, and I think, you know, for me, that was the best thing that I could have been introduced to, you know, from where I was in my walk. And then that was about 2002, you know, so um, I actually gave my life to Christ at that, you know, point in time, or at least that's what, you know, I was thinking at that time that that was my moment that I actually, you know, I gave my life to Christ because, you know, I admitted uh, and and repented of my sins, um, you know, yeah. um, on, on an altar call, you know, it was actually an altar call. Um, and um, so, you know, as we're walking along a little bit further, you know, I'm I'm thinking, you know, there was a moment there. I think it's kind of like almost like um, uh, the honeymoon phase, if you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. like I was like I was on fire, you know, about, you know, about Christ and everything. And then the honeymoon phase went away. And then it was this is what, you know, your Christian walk is. It's reality. And, yeah, the reality. Then for a long time, it was like. I, you know, it, 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 I'll just, I'll just use this analogy, you know, and I'll make reference to it a little bit further in my story. It was, it was literally walking around in a dimly lit room. I mean, that, that's what it was, you know, I could barely making out things in this room and everything. You can see things, you know, and that was what my walk was like. You could see them just enough to kind of scoot by them. So you don't trip over anything like that, but you right. couldn't really make out anything, you know, just couldn't really make out anything. There was this whole bunch of concepts, you know, and, you know, being a Christian and trying to figure out, you know, exactly what that actually meant, you know, and, and basically that was kind of a wrong thinking because, you know, what it means is what we're told in scripture. That's what it means. It's not, you know, what it means by what Roland thinks it means, you know? So that's, mm -hmm. that is kind of where I lived for a little while, you know, no, I wasn't reading scripture. So how was I going to know any other way that, you know, my Christian walk was supposed to be other than what I was thinking it was going to be by hearing what was in Roland's head, or maybe briefly hearing some things that people are said it's supposed to be like, you know? So, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, um, um, and, and, and that was a long time, you know, that was a long, long time of having those thoughts, you know, before one day, finally, you know, I started picking up the Bible and started reading it, you know, little by little, you know, picking up things here and there. And that is when, you know, the different things in the, you know, the depth that the Bible has started, you know, revealing itself. And, um, you know, all the way to where, you know, kind of fast forward to about 2018, uh, where I'm, you know, living, you know, where I'm actually currently living now. And, you know, um, um, at my current job, we were actually doing a Bible study. You know, there was about five of us at my current job where we would actually go in a room and we would actually do Bible study. Now, um, reformed, you know, reform came up one time because at that particular time, 
I didn't know what any of that stuff was. I was in a non-denominational church and that's kind of all I knew because that's all, that's the only place I ever existed, you know? Right. And, but we know that, you know, even being non-denominational, there is a denomination that it leans more towards. So yeah, we, all we all know what that yeah, means. Yeah. We all know what that means. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty much Baptist without calling yourself Baptist. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. That's it. So, you know, so I was going to this non-denominational church, you know, and, um, um, at the time, and uh, so we you know, get back to the, you know, the story where we were doing the Bible study at work and I'd never heard of Reformed or anything like that. So I just knew non-denominational. And I heard it one time when we were doing our Bible study where one of the you know, guys that was actually leading it was like, you know, a guy had a particular viewpoint and he's like, listen, you know, we just want to kind of stay, you know, independent of Reformed thinking. That's the only time I ever heard it, you know, mm. uh, it's the only time I ever heard it uh, because um, he had more. Um, Pentecostal slash, you know, charismatic leanings. And um, he was like, we just want to stay, you know, kind of independent of that particular, you know, train of thought, uh, basically talking to uh, one of the other gentlemen that were in the Bible study, because they were more, they were more in line, you know, with reformed, um, sure. um, you know, um, the, the reformed denomination. So um, um, I normally used to go to a park and I would walk around this park during lunchtime at work. So one day I was walking around this park, right? And I uh, was listening to a, this particular sermon. Um, and uh, the sermon happened to be by John MacArthur. Now, uh, mind you, I don't know how I ended up on that sermon. I didn't know who John MacArthur was, you know, had no idea of any of this stuff, you know, but I knew I was listening to a sermon and I knew that I hung on every word this man said as mm -hmm. he was preaching this sermon, every single word this man said, I hung on. And by the end of that sermon, you know, um, I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the walking around in this dimly lit room that I kind of, you know, referenced earlier. Well, mm -hmm. by the end of that sermon, um, you know, that dimly lit room was well lit. I mean, extremely well lit. There was, I mean, I could, I mean, it was like, uh, the, 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 somebody kind of just flipped a switch and the lights just kind of blared, you know, just kind of, you know, illuminated everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was just like this whole time I was wrong, you know? Uh, so was I saved in 2002? I probably, you know, or was that my moment there, you know, in 2018, you know, I really, I really, I really don't know. I don't put too much into it. I just know that whichever moment that, you know, whichever moment it was, I'm thankful for it, you yeah. know, because it has made me the person that I am now, you know, who loves the Lord and who wants to, you know, basically help other people know and love the Lord as I do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, thank you, brother, for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, and so I guess that that means it's my turn now. Um, Go. Gosh, and 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 I apologize for anyone listening or watching. If anyone knows me, they know that my, my sin is in um, time and <laughs> either talking too much um, for too long. And so, just be patient with me. I'm going to try not to to go for you know a whole hour because I definitely could. But um, <laughs> and so, just you know, my background, I. Um, was raised in a semi kind of Christian home, meaning that um, the the discussion of religion and, and God and Jesus wasn't um, abnormal. Um, you know, we would attend church every Sunday, my mother and I, and, um, you know, we were a part of the church choir at one time and was doing extra Bible studies and this, that, and the other. Um, but I still wouldn't say that we lived in a quote unquote 
know, Christian household, um, if that makes any sense. And so, um, but my whole life, though, I was always a curious kid. Um, and this would come later to, to not be a benefit to me. But growing up, um, I just noticed that there's a stark difference between the things that I was asking and my friends. So, I mean, I, I'm a you know elementary school student at this time, and I'm asking pretty um you know, deep questions, at least I thought were deep for at the time, you know, of, of, of asking, you know, why, um, you know, what happens to us when we die or who is God and where did he come from? And, and I, I know I'm not alone in asking those, but to me, when I was in that moment, I didn't hear any of my other friends asking that. Um, and so I was always one of these just deep thinker kids. Um, and but at the same time, I didn't, wasn't really, didn't really understand anything about God on, on a deeper level. Um, and so, yeah, we, we moved back home. So we lived out in Washington, D.C. for about 10 years or, or in the area for about 10 years. Um, and then came back home in 2003 to Missouri, where we live now. Um, and because my mom and all of our family is originally from here. And I finished up elementary, uh, middle school and high school here. Um, and right around... Um, you know, middle school, high school time, um, that's when I really started to realize with hindsight that that's when my, um, I think, active sinning really started where I was aware of what I was doing, um, where I, my bent was um, also towards sexual sin. So um, if, if this is TMI for you, I'm sorry, but we're going to be real on this channel. And uh, I was, I was, um, highly addicted to pornography. I was uh, introduced at a very young age. Um, I can remember the, the specific day um, and, and the context in which that happened. And that would um, cause a, you know, well over a decades long addiction to, to pornography. And um, at that time, you know, as young boys, we, you know, from, uh, you know, 11 to 13, you know, our hormones are starting to turn on and we're starting to see, you know, women as, you know, girls at the time attractive. And so I became very promiscuous as well. And so that was just my life growing up. Um, and at the same time in high school, um, I am attending a um, youth ministry event called Young Life. And Young Life, we used to meet every Wednesday. And um, I was first invited by a friend and I said, oh, sure, you know, I'll come to that. And like I said, the topic of God was never foreign to me. So I, it wasn't off-putting. Um, so I said, okay, sure, I'll come. Um, but really, I just knew that there were really cute girls there. So like, that was the reason I was going. I didn't care about what y'all had to say. I was like, there's girls, so I'm there. Um, and what's funny is that my, my now wife was attending that as well, um, which is just mm -hmm. funny how God does those things. Yep. Um, but so we started going to that. And so the conversation of God was a little bit more frequent um, in my life. And um you know, just I was just hearing about what he's done for us um, in the gospel. And um, so I am attending these about the same time living in just complete rampant sin. Um, and I, you know, was invited to a camp, a Young Life camp, which was out in Colorado. Um, and, you know, the leaders of Young Life were saying, it's going to be the best week of your life. You know, this is this is incredible. You need to come. And so of course, I was like, sure, I'll do that. No problem. So I, you know, attend this camp and it was literally the best week of my life. I mean, it really was mm -hmm. um, what they all made it out to be. I mean, it, it was just incredible. I mean, I, I'm a nature person. So I mean, being on the side of a mountain in oh, the Colorado Rockies was just yeah. amazing. Um, but there was, uh, yeah, I know it, it was 
to, to this day, it, it just holds a special place in my heart. But like um, there was this this moment where um, th- throughout the week, the, the gospel is being unfolded day by day. Um, and there was this night where after the, the, the speaker was done talking, he, we would go out and they had all the lights shut off. Um, and it was a time for us to kind of maybe even pray to pray for the first time. It was just kind of whatever we wanted to do with God. And, and that, you know, 10 minutes or so was up to us. And um, I'll never forget it. I was just sitting there and I just happened to look up and the stars were so bright. I mean, just in your face right there. And I, I, I feel like I have never seen stars before, before that night. Right, I mean, it right, was just right. spectacular. And I look up and the Big Dipper is like right in front of me. And I just remember staring at it and just sobbing. I, I couldn't tell you why. Um, I, I don't know. But I just know in that moment, I just felt this, this sense of, of, of peace and calm that I had never felt before in my life. And now, in that moment, I didn't have a, you know, a deep sense of my own sin or, or anything like that. Um, I just knew that there was something else about this world that was, right, that right. was you know, more than what they've been telling us about it. And um, so the next day, I, I had some conversations with my Young Life leader, and I kind of was like, you know, I, I want to give my life to Christ. I mean, I think this is, this is the route that I want to go down. And, um, you know, from that moment on, I came home from camp on that same kind of high that you talked about, this honeymoon phase where I was just, you know, on Facebook, you know, I love the Lord and I, I'm a new <laughs> creation. The old is gone, the new has come sort of thing, right? And I'm right, all of a sudden right, this, right, this Jesus right. freak. Um, right. And it's funny because of the lifestyle that my friends knew that I lived just a week prior to that. Um, and so they're confused, like, what is going on with this dude? Um, <laughs> Who is this? Dude? And so that was just that was just my life up to that point. Um, but then college was coming that that fall, which would um, really make me question if what I experienced was even true at all. And so I started college that fall. Um, I went to a college, Northwest Missouri State, which is about thirty minutes from right. um, from where we were living at the time, right, and. Right. Um, it wasn't more than a few weeks that, you know, that college lifestyle kind of grabbed me and um, everything from, from partying to um, drinking excessively. Um, I mean, I was probably drunk from Thursday to Sunday um, most weeks and um, wasn't attending class because I was always hungover. didn't really want to go. And um, it was just a bad time to the point where I even failed out of college um, Mm. twice because I just, you know, never went to class. Um, college was all about just, you know, doing whatever you wanted. You know, you're out of your house for the first time. You don't have the, 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 the parental control that's usually in place. So I just kind of rebelled. And um, it was in those moments where I really started to question if what I had experienced at camp really meant anything, if that was real or not, because it didn't seem like it. Um, and my life definitely didn't reflect um, someone's life that has been born again in that sense. And so right. Um, right, right. there was there was a moment where I was at home and um, obviously because I got kicked out of school, so I'm back home and it was during winter break and there was this show that came on TV and the show was called Through the Wormhole and Morgan Freeman, out of all people, um, <laughs> was the, the, the host of this the show. Narrator, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine just 
that mm-hmm. sultry voice would, would mm-hmm. catch anybody. Yep. So I'm, yep. I, I'm, I'm ready to watch. Right. Um, because again, I'm, I'm that curious kid and, and this show deals with really big, deep questions. And one of the questions um, of this episode that I watched was, did we create God or did God create man? And um, that was, that really intrigued me because I, I wanted to kind of know the answer to that question. But by the time the episode was done, I was in a deep sense of panic because obviously it was on the discovery channel it's not a christian channel so you know what their answer was to that question and that was essentially that you know god is the a figment of humans imaginations and um <laughs> so that was really rough for me and i didn't know really where to stand i didn't have any any you know sort of foundation to stand on and it was to the point where i i soon fell into a deep deep depression sure. um where I had just kind of gotten to the point where I said, if, if God is not real, then really none of this matters. Then l- living doesn't even matter. And that continued until I was also in a state um, where I was really, really contemplating suicide. Um, right. That was a, a, a real thought. And to the point where it had gotten to a place where I had planned, I, I, I planned what I was going to do. I had a day when I was going to do it. Um, and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, um, was going to be the one to find me because I planned it on the day that she was coming over. Um, and just thinking about how how awful that would have been for her and how terrible of a person I would have had been to plan it so that she would be the one to find right. me. But that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, and so I had, so the day comes when I'm planning on doing this and at the time, I lived in this little loft type of apartment where it had a, a living space downstairs and this little spiral staircase that led up to a little loft where my bed and everything was. And across the the top was this railing. And um, I was going to just tie a rope to it and just jump off. Um, and then hopefully the, 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 the height would, you know, eventually just take my life. And um, I was sitting on my, I had a piano downstairs and I had a little piano bench and I was sitting there and I was looking up at this railing and um, this thought came over me um, that said, why do you think what you're going through is any worse than what Christ has gone through for his people? And that kind of just stopped me in my place. I had never really thought about that because up to this point, it was all woe is me um, sort of thing. And that kind of uh, I mean, effectively saved my life that day. Um, now, to this day, I believe that that was, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, um, helping me, guiding me through that situation. Um, I won't say that it was his voice. I didn't hear an audible voice or anything like that. Um, but I believe that my life was saved that day. And I eventually um, met up with some really good people that I trusted and was kind of helping me walk through this difficult time. Um, and they helped bring that fire back, that, that, that yearning for, that, for, for, for Christ and wanting to um, make his glory known. And right. so fast forward a, a few more years, um, I got baptized um, and, and really was like, I want to take this seriously. Like, I really want to take my walk seriously um, with the Lord. And um, in 2017, just a few years ago, I remember um, kind of had the same experience that you did, that I was also walking through this kind of dimly, dimly lit room. And I just kept asking myself, um, why do I keep sinning the way that I am? Because I was still struggling with sin. I was still struggling with pornography and all these things. So um, I'm wondering, you know, what is going on? And I um, fell across this sermon 
like you said, don't know how I did, but I ended up um, a sermon by John Piper of, of all people. And um, this, this sermon had to deal with this idea of, it was called the ultimate essence of evil. You know, what's at the bottom of all of, all of our sin. And um, that by the end of that sermon, I had that turn that light on moment, you know, right. and um, things all of a sudden made sense. And I feel like for the first time, I finally saw myself as a sinner. And, and I knew what it meant to be a sinner at that point. And I, my whole world changed from that day. It was the fall of 2017. I don't remember the specific day, like the date, but I just know that from that moment on, my life has never been the same. Um, I kind of dove headfirst into kind of consuming his, his preaching and teaching along with other people. And um, I mean, that's where the reform theology came. I and mean, most people say that John Piper is the gateway to reform theology. And I so wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe that um, because that was my own path and started reading all of these books and learning all these things, you know, fell, um, fell feet first into um you know, the sovereignty of God, Calvinism, like all of that stuff, right, the doctrines right. of grace. Um, and, you know, I'm just thankful for where the Lord has brought me to this place now where um, I, I can sit across from you and, and talk about what God has done in our life. And then, you know, want other people to have some of the same experiences where they're learning about God in a deeper and more meaningful way. And so um, I'm just thankful that that he's got me here and that we're together and doing this podcast for for people um, because it is needed. Um, it, I only wish that this was something that was around back when I was in that dark night of the soul for myself um, of, of giving myself something to um, to hang on to. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much my um, background, um, in a nutshell, I guess a really big nutshell. <laughs> um, so I think now let's, I think it's good to transition into what this episode was really meant to be about. And it's to answer that just basic fundamental question of what is theology? Because I think that term is, um, kind of lost its definition in most people's minds. Um, when they hear that word, it's just something that doesn't spark a lot of joy in people, um, for whatever reason that may be. And so let's, I, I feel like that'd be a good place for us to start is just having that discussion. What is, um, theology simply put? Well, simply put, you know, theology is you know, is the study of God, simply put. There is um, um, uh, a, an author by the name of uh, David Wells, who actually, you know, has a really well put together definition of what theology is. And um, I'm going to quote uh, David Wells and his uh, definition of theology. And um, it states, uh, theology is the sustained effort to know the character, will, and acts of the triune God as he has disclosed and interpreted these for his people in scripture in order that we might know him, learn to think our thoughts after him, live our lives in his world on his terms and by thought and action, project his truth into our own time and culture. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and that's, and that's, you know, and that's his definition of, of, of what, um, you know, of what basically what theology is. I mean, and he hits on a whole bunch of different levels, you know, especially right. levels that, you know, we as Christians will, you know, can be, you know, just, just kind of, you know, we, 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 we align with, you know, in our Christian walk, you know, you know, basically his definition of what theology, you know, is, is basically our Christian walk. 
you know, it's uh, essentially, yeah. essentially. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, at, 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 you know, at its basic level, that is what, you know, theology is, you know, it's the study of God, you know, which, right. you know, which we, which we are all doing, you know, we are all, you know, if you are a Christian and you are, you know, reading the Bible, you know, you are basically doing theology. I think the word theology, though, has been, you know, as opposed to being used as it should be used, you know, um, as the study of God, I think people now more associate the word theology with, you know, seminary or Mm. pastor or something like that, which kind of gets them thinking that, oh, that can't be for me because one, I'm not going to seminary and I have, you know, and and I'm not called to be a pastor. So theology is not for me. Not understanding right. that theology, you know, at its basic function, you know, the basic word itself, you know, is the study of God. Um, and of course, you know, there's there's different levels, you know, or, 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 you know, theology actually sits at the top. But, you know, if we want to look at it as being a pyramid, theology sits on top of the pyramid. And there are many, there are a myriad of things that kind of come under, you know, theology as far as, right. you know, what theology, uh, the different areas of theology. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um R.C. Sproul, you know, he basically, you know, kind of broke it down like this. Um, um, and, and he kind of gave some examples that I'll just give his examples of the different areas that kind of come under what theology is. And uh, or. Yeah. So uh, one of the areas is the study of uh, Christ, which is Christology. Um, another area is the study of, you know, future things, which is eschatology. Uh, and then you have theology proper, which is the study of God, you know, um, just the study of God. So, I mean, in a nutshell, you know, at its basic level, you know, that is kind of what, you know, theology is. Theology is at its basic level, the study of God. Right. And, and it really is that simple though. I mean, it it is, it it can be complex, right? It can be, um, very dense and, 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 you know, cerebral in a way that it's very, it's, it's a mental exercise a lot of the time, but, um, that's the thing that I think most of us forget is that it's basic um, understandings is it, it is essentially the Christian life where um, we are striving to understand God um, as he has revealed himself in the scriptures. Um, yeah, whereas in, in other systems of faith throughout the world, um, they don't go at it that way. It, it's not from how their God has revealed itself through its holy book. It's, using what's around them in our experience and, and, and those sorts of things. Whereas Christian theology um, is wholeheartedly based in the word of God, which is what we believe as, as God revealing himself. It is his actual word. Um, and, and that's where we live. So I think as a Christian, we need to understand that it's not just for the pastor or for the theologian that actually has that title or that has a PhD in, in whatever field that they're in. That if you call yourself a Christian, like R.C. Sproul says, everyone is a theologian at some level. Um, Now, that may not be your calling to, to, you know, go after the academic side of things and actually be, um, you know, doing all these sorts of research and writing all these theological books. Like we have, you know, a person that wrote this book. um, I mean, it's super dense, um, Reform Systematic Theology um, by Joel Beakey. not all of us are, are called to do this type of theology where we're building out a full system um, for people to understand. However, what every Christian um, should be doing is striving to know who their God is 
and striving to know what he's done um, in our life. And I think that leads us into this next little section that I want us to talk about is um, why should Christians study theology? I mean, don't we have more important things to be doing? Don't we have people to be loving out, out in the world, um, 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 people to be sharing the gospel with? I mean, why should we um, spend time um, in, in, in the topics of, of theology, no matter how broad or how dense they are? Well, um, so why study theology, right? That, that's the question that we're going for, right? Why study yeah. theology? Yeah, yeah. Just why study it? Why is it important? Uh, okay. Uh, I would say uh, theology, you know, why study it? Uh, theology shapes and forms, you know, our worldview. That'd be one point. Shapes and forms right. our worldview. But, okay, it shapes and forms our worldview. What do you mean? What do you mean by, well, first, worldview? Like, what do you, how would you define that, that phrase? Okay, so I would define worldview as um, as, it, as a lens uh, through which all individuals interpret, you know, their fundamental beliefs and assumptions. So Perfect. basically, and you're, you're right, and all, and all, and, and everybody has a worldview. You know, I mean, you know, you, regardless of, you know, from Christian to atheist, you know, they all have worldviews. You know, and uh, basically, that is what worldview is. It's the lens through which all individuals interpret their fundamental beliefs and assumptions. Okay. So yeah. So like the, so for example, the atheist worldview or the lens through which they see the world or interpret the world would give them conclusions such as, um, evolution. Right. Right. There is, there is no creator God. Right. That, um, there really is no creator at all. It's just all, um, guided by random, um, unguided, unchecked processes and that we evolved from, you know, the, the, this, this puddle of bacteria to right. fish, that fish eventually walked on land, that eventually became apes, and then apes became us. Um, that would be one of their essential beliefs that is guided by their worldview. Another one would be like that there's no objective truth. Right. Um, we're, we're living in that sort of culture today where right. um, the culture around us says there isn't really anything that's absolutely true. It's all subjective. It's all or subjective, right. What, what, what I mean by that is that it's all based on matter of opinion, that there right. really is no truth there, that it's, you, you know, you like vanilla ice cream, I like chocolate, let's just have our differences. But they've escalated that sort of talk to things that actually do have ultimate meaning, like morality. So in the atheist worldview, there really is no true right and wrong. Right. Um, or at least they can't justify right and wrong. It's just your opinion is yours and mine is mine. Yeah. My truth, um, your so, truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and this is, this isn't us dogging on atheism or atheists. Um, you know, that's, that's not us just like coming after them. It's more so just addressing what a worldview is. That's their, um, worldview. And, and a Christians would be the complete opposite of that, that we have a worldview that, there is a God and that he created you and I and that he created this world and that he governs the world, that he's sovereign, right? There's all these things that are guided by that lens um, of our worldview. But you said that it um, helps and guides our worldview that theology does. So what do you mean by that? It kind of helps and guides our, uh, our worldview. Well, theology, um, uh, which is basically, again, the study of God, right? And, you know, instead of me trying to reinvent the wheel, you know, the, the, the definition I gave of theology earlier, remember <clears throat> yeah. the one from David Wells? Well, he, he basically answers this question um, and basically stating that theology, you know, it, 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 
um, it helps us to learn to think our thoughts after him. So our thoughts and our actions, you know, are, they resemble, you know, God. And, right. and, and that is basically how theology, you know, basically forms our worldview because, you know, we, we now have the idea of who and how we are supposed to, you know, who we are, who we are representing in our actions, you know, and our thoughts, which is God. So that is how theology is able to shape and form our worldview, because now we have the idea of, you know, of, of a creator God who has basically given us his holy writ and has explained to us in his, in his, in his written word, who he is. And basically, you know, has told us everything about him, you know, who he is, what he expects, you know, in his creation, you know, because he sets the rules, you know, regardless right. of if we like it or not, you know, this is his house. And mm -hmm. in any master's house, they determine the rules. And right. so, um, uh, you know, he determines the rules. So basically he has given us, you know, a play by play, a playbook as to how we are to think and how we are to act. And that is how theology, and you, and you can never get to that if you don't have a firm understanding and grasp of what's contained in his written word. And so that is how theology, you know, will form, um, um, you know, our worldview. Right. And I think something to add to that, too, is for, for our listeners and viewers that the, the Christian worldview is inextricably tied to the scriptures, that nothing that we build theologically speaking um, is outside of the Bible. And what I mean is not that people can't be wrong, um, but that every faithful theologian or Christian is trying to rightly understand what the word of God is saying. And we, we build our theology from that foundation. Um, we're not just picking things out of the world and trying to construct our own. It's we, we are trying to understand how God has revealed himself. And you don't get that in really any other worldview. And so it, it really helps shape and guide our worldview, because at the bottom of our worldview is this assumption that the Bible is the word of God itself, that God actually has something to say about himself. And then all we're trying to do is understand what that is and let our life then be molded by that in such a way that we live in accordance with um, who God has called, called us to be and how he reveals himself. Um, and I also think too, just another point of why theology is important, um, especially in, today, um, in, in today's society and Christian culture is that it's kind of hard to spot um, the fakes <laughs> if you don't know what's true or what's fake. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, just think of like money, for example, we have endless supply of money in this country, um, whether that's good or bad. Um, we know what a dollar print, bill. Just print some. Yeah. We just print it. No yeah. big deal. Um, <laughs> but you know, we have a dollar bill, right. And you can usually tell what a fake dollar bill is because you have the real one. You have, um, the one that is authentic. And the same way when it comes to theology is if you aren't grounded in, in, in your knowledge of the word of God and how he's revealed himself, any sort of false idea or it's usually called, you know, heresy or false teaching can come around and, and take you captive because you don't know how to spot 
those sorts of things because you don't have a deep understanding of what's actually true about God himself. And so that's why we're seeing all of these things today with, you know, the word of faith movement or prosperity gospel. Um, most of those people, um, sadly enough, are in that movement because they don't understand or have an understanding of what the Bible actually says about who God is. Um, and that's also a theological issue, right? Because at the core of the word of faith movement, it's un, it's exaggerated eschatology, right? The Bible promises that we're going to have these things in the world to come, but the word of faith movement says, no, I want them now. So it's an over-realized eschatology, but that goes back to, it's a theological issue, which is why we believe theology is so important because you cannot understand the fakes and shield yourself from them if you don't have an understanding of what's true. You call that a theological shortcoming. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, so that would be another reason why I think that, you know, theology is important. And we actually had, for those watching and listening, we have five of these points. So Roland already had one that um, it helps guide and, and, and govern our worldview. Um, and then I had just spoken on how it's easy to, to spot the, the fakes if you have a deep understanding of what's true about God. Um, Roland, how about you give us number three? What, what, what is another reason why theology is important for the Christian? Well, because we're given an example in the Bible, you know, as to what this actually and truly looks like. And the, um, where I'm going to go is, um, and if you want to, you know, get your Bibles out and, uh, you know, turn and, you know, follow me as I read here, then you're more than welcome. But I'm going to go to Acts 17 and I'm going to make uh, Acts, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Acts 17, 11, and I'm going to make reference to the Bereans. And I think the Bereans are an excellent example as to, you know, one, what theology actually looks like, because what they were doing during that time was they were actually, you know, studying the scriptures, which were probably scrolls. You know, they didn't have the complete canon and, you know, the nice leather covering that we have back then. You know, they actually right. had to go and sit and unroll scrolls and, you know, <laughs> kind of search through, you know, all of the, uh, the Hebrew and different things like that. Yeah. But, you know, basically what they were doing is they were checking you know, in the scrolls that they had to make sure that, you know, um, Paul, you know, what he was telling them about the good news that he was telling them was accurate, you know? So they were basically, you know, our example as to what we should be doing as Christians and basically, you know, an insight into what theology is. And Acts 17, 11, and I'm going to read that because we're all about scripture here. We love it. You know, uh, it Amen. says, now, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. They were fact-checking Paul, you know, mm -hmm. and not only are we to fact-check our pastors, you know, which is why, you know, I'm going to say this is my personal opinion, you know, you definitely should be looking at the scriptures if, you know, if you're following along with your pastor, you know, have something open, whether it be a device or whether it be the actual Bible, and following along, you know, in those scripture verses and make sure what he's saying to you is exactly what's written in the Bible, which is basically what the Bereans were doing, you exactly. know. So, you know, just as the Bereans, you know, were were in this in the scriptures scrolls, you know, um, you know, fact checking. Um, 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 yes. And their fact checks are way better than uh, Facebook. Way better. <laughs> uh, but uh, but so, you know, they were literally fact checking, um, you know, Paul by, you know, 
searching the scriptures, you know, daily to make sure that what he was a saying, what he was saying what, what was aligning with what was in the scriptures, you know, and I think that is the same thing that, you know, while, you know, they were fact checking Paul, we should also, I mean, this is an example of, you know, how we would also use the Bible to fact check, not only those who are presenting this information to us, but also to, you know, to, to check ourselves, to make right. sure that we are aligning, you know, with how God, you know, says his creation is to be, you know, by responding to who he has told us he is. Right. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Because I think it's easy to um, kind of go off on your own and maybe have a theological idea that in history has never existed before by itself um because i think we live in a time where everyone strives to say something new like yeah, they don't yeah, like trying to be relevant truths. yeah yeah they try to be relevant and think of something new whereas the bible doesn't allow us to do that the scriptures themselves say there's nothing new under the sun and so it's like <laughs> we don't there's nothing that we can't invent but if we look at every other christian cult that has come up within the past 50 years it has come up because of that reason of you know, having their own theological uh, a concept that isn't number one, not in agreement with the scriptures, but hasn't been in agreement with uh, other faithful believers down down the line. Now, that doesn't mean that every single individual believer has to believe the exact same things, but there's something to glean from history and what history and what the Christian thought on a certain topic has been for millennia. Um, and what happens is these these sort of cliques or cults or whatever you want to call them have these theological leanings that if they were to be a Berean for a minute, that would have stopped, but they didn't. They just went with whatever they, what was, you know, guiding them at that time, right. which right. Uh, ultimately led them away from the the true biblical God and the biblical gospel. Um, so I think that point is huge that it, it, it Theology helps us be more like the Bereans, where we don't just believe things because it pops into our head, but we see, hold on, I have this thought, let me check it against um, you know, the scriptures. And if it lines up and you see other faithful believers who want to you know, love God and want to know his word and they agree, then I think that's a good place for you to say, you know, I think I'm heading in, a, in the right direction. Um, but that, that's, yeah, that's a huge point. Um, and I think that's something that we all need to focus on more and more um, is is knowing the scriptures. Um, Gotta know them. And I think another an, another point too, if we keep on rolling, so this is be number four. Um, the reason that theology is important, why should we as Christians study it daily? Uh, well, I think it's because he commands us to. Mm. Um, the the two greatest commandments is to love God and love neighbor. Right. He says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second is likewise to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and, and love is at the base of all of those. Right. To love God and to love neighbor. But I would venture to say that you can't love someone you don't know. And, and, and that's not my quote. Uh, um, a woman named Jen Wilkin, who is a fabulous um, Bible study teacher, she she quotes and says, you know, you can't love someone that you just have no idea about. You know, and I, I just think that um, for an example, so yeah. if we look at uh, other intimate relationships, right? So like I'm married, um, I think it would be foolish for me to say, you know, I, I love my wife, but I don't really want to get to know her more deeply. I, I don't want to spend the time to, you know, really get to know the ins and outs of who she is and what she cares about and, and what she likes. Um, 
because ultimately we know that love is always connected to some sort of knowledge um, and a deeper understanding. And so for us Christians, um, it's important for us to study who God is because we can't fulfill the greatest commandment if you don't. Now, I'm not going to venture to say if you if you don't love theology that you're not really a Christian or that you don't love God. Well, that that's not necessarily what I mean. But what I am going to stress is that I, I find it highly difficult for any one of us to grow in our love and adoration for God and not really know who he is. So if someone, you know, randomly walk up to you and asked you, you know, tell me about your God. I, I hear that he's what triune, that he's three gods in one or one and, and, and what he, he, he was a human, but he was God at the same time. Like, help me understand this. And those are just, that's just Christianity one-on-one as far as the basic tenets of our faith. And it may tell something about our, our own knowledge of him. If we can't begin to, in some way, articulate the tenets of our own faith. Um, now, I, I want to be careful here is I'm not calling people to that they need to have a absolute 100% perfect understanding of God before they can love him. You know, the thief on the cross didn't live a life devoted to theology, but he loved Christ and Christ said, you're going to be with me in paradise. So I'm not going to make that distinction. But what I am going to say is that for most of us, we didn't you know, have our conversion experience and then die on a cross along next to our savior. Um, Most of us are still alive. If you're watching this or listening and God calls you to love him and love neighbor. And you can't begin to do that if you don't know about him in some way. And so our, the reason for this page really is so that you can begin to have some understandings of who God is so that for the purpose of loving him more, so that you can overflow out of that love into service for one another. Um, So that's loving God and loving neighbor. And knowledge is inextricably tied to that, um, that you can't pull those things away. But what would you have to say about, about that point of you can't really love God if you don't know him? You can't love God, you know, without, you can't love him rightly because, you know, he tells us in his holy writ, you know, who he is, you know, basically, and, you know, and and in his telling us who he is, you know, he explains, you know, love by calling himself love, which is the example as to how we are to love, you know, so, you know, without knowing, you know, God, and what he says about himself and love, because people use love all the time. I mean, you know, people want the the lovey-dovey Jesus, you know, that's who they want. But, They don't want the other side of Jesus, who is not so lovey-dovey. You know, basically, you know, he said that if you um, if you love me, you obey my commandments, you know. Uh, And so, you know, people don't want that Jesus. They don't want the Jesus that says, you know, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Uh, Right. And they don't want that Jesus. And it's also, you know, you, you segued into, you know, two great, you know, scripture verses there. And, you know, I always say this when I think of those scripture verses is, you know, um, God tells you, you know, you know, because he's relational, that you love him, you know, body, mind, you know, heart, body, you know, mind, heart and, and, and soul. And then, you know, you love thy neighbor. And you, can, you can tell there's an order there, you know, uh, because people of the world or people in the world 
think or try to, you know, try to circumvent, you know, the first of the two greatest commandments, which is, you know, love God with all your heart, body, body, and soul. You know, uh, they try to circumvent that and try to love neighbor, you know, without actually wanting to know God, as you were talking about. They didn't, they, and and it, it ends horribly, you know, right. because you're not going to love your neighbor rightly without loving God firstly. First, right? Yeah, because I, I, I mean, let's think of it this way, because we're not saying that you know an unbeliever or an atheist can't love we're saying they can't love rightly rightly because love and from a biblical perspective from god's perspective right we live in god's universe so god's reality is that it flows from a place of loving him so sure uh, an atheist can be altruistic and and do good things um but also the scripture says that our good deeds are as filthy rags before the lord and so we we're not really doing anything good, even though we think that we are, um, that it doesn't get us anywhere, but that's the difference because, so think of it this way, Satan and the demons are oftentimes in scripture shown to attribute right things to God. They call him by proper names mm -hmm. and even refer to his own deity, um, at times, but there's still demons and satan himself and so what's the difference i don't want to just worry about something that only the demons can do the christian has the uh almost the miracle ability to love you know one another because of the love that he first has for god and that it all stems from that proper love extends from loving god and loving god stems from knowing him rightly the demons know him rightly but they don't love him um, and so th that's a good wake up call for us is that it's not just about knowing and it's not love and isolation of knowing it's both loving God flows into, uh, loving our neighbors and our friends and our, and our coworkers. Um, but that can't happen if we don't know him, how can we love a God we don't know? So I don't want to keep harping on that point, but, um, so lastly, I just wanted to, to add, um, there's this quote that I read from, from Michael Horton, who um, I think brilliantly put it, I'm going to read it um, verbatim, and this kind of gives an explanation or a summary of what we've been saying the past hour or so. Um, and it says this, he says, many Christians assume that we can just experience God in a personal relationship apart from doctrine or theology. You can substitute those two words and, and really pause for a second. Doctrine just means teaching. Um, I know some people may have uh, uh, adverse reaction when they hear the word doctrine. Uh, maybe you were part of a church that had, you know, terrible doctrine that was hurtful and demeaning and all these sorts of things. But really what it's just referring to is just a set of teachings. So like, let's say if I were to ask you, what is the doctrine of red lights? The doctrine of red lights, you would say you stop at a red light. And then on some instances, you could turn right on one as long as there aren't cars coming. And that's the doctrine of red lights. And so doctrine just is referring to the teachings surrounding a specific topic. And so he goes on to say that, um, that we assume that we can just experience a personal relationship from God apart from this doctrine or theology, but that's impossible. You cannot experience God without knowing who he is, what he has done, and who you are in relation to him. Even our most basic Christian experiences and commitments are theological. I just love Jesus, some say, but who is Jesus and why do you love him? 
And I think that that's just a, an amazing summary of why theology is important because not only can we not know, can we not love God without knowing him, but when we even begin to explain the Christ that we say that we love and adore, we're doing theology, which is why it's inescapable. That's why R.C. Sproul says every Christian is a theologian at some point or another. Um, and here on Theotalks, we just want to emphasize that point and and give you the the tools and the resources to um, grow in, in, in your understanding of who God is, what the word says about him, because that's that's our bread and butter. You know, that that's where we come alive is when we um, know about our God more and more so that we love him from a deeper place. And so for you, for any of you who are watching or listening that uh, maybe theology hasn't been your strong suit, um, maybe theology was never taught at your church. Um, maybe theology just doesn't fit with your personality, right? Some people just say, I'm just not a deep thinker or I'm not a reader. And we know that if you're into theology, like, you know, we like to read, as you can tell, um, with these big, thick books. I mean, I have a whole bunch of thick books on my desk right now that are all theological books. Um, some people say, I'm not a reader. Um, and I would say, well, that's okay, but that's not an excuse because God commands us to know him and to love him and that it is possible for you and I to grow in um, our knowledge and understanding of God for the sole purpose. Now, th th there's a purpose behind our theology, right? We're not doing it just to fill our minds with stuff, with knowledge, again, because that's what the demons can do. They know more theological things than you and I. However, we do it for the explicit purpose of growing in our love and our adoration for Christ so that we can serve our neighbors from a loving place because we've already said that we can't do that if we don't know him and so that's just it is theology is simply for for review or for summary that theology is simply the study of god and that we're, we're, we are to study how god has revealed himself in his word um, and that it's important for us to understand and grow in theology because it does things like guides our worldview Right? It tells us how God has called us to live daily. Um, it is commanded by God. God commands us to love God and love neighbor. Um, and it's easy to be able to spot error when we know theology on a deeper level. So that way we can defend ourselves and our friends and our family from really hurtful types of theology. Because listen, bad theology hurts people um, and, and can kill people eternally. Um, and so knowing the right thing helps us guard from... Um, all of the false that can be, or, or, or the falsehoods that are out there. Um, but all of that, again, is for a purpose, which is for us to love God and to love neighbor. So thank you so much for tuning in um, to this very first episode of Theo Talks. Um, as we grow and as we do this more often, these become maybe a little bit more succinct, um, but we didn't want to start without you understanding a little bit about us and our background. Um, so we just ask that going forward, just give a little grace to us as we learn this. A lot this, of grace. A lot of grace. Um, learning this, this science of podcasting and videos and all of that because um, it takes a lot of time and effort. And we just ask that you be patient with us. But, but if you can join us by praying for us um, and that, you know, this is the big undertaking that we're, we're going through. And we have families that we care for and that they're going to have a sacrifice on their end um, with us spending the time that it takes to do this. So if you could just be praying for us, praying for our family, um, we would really appreciate it. 
can you please um, like and subscribe um, to our channel? Go follow us um, on Facebook. Um, we do have an Instagram. All of the links will be down in the description below. Um, but we would ask that you come hang out with us more, that you come. Um, if you have a desire to grow in theology, which I hope you do, um, just come hang out with us. And next week, in the coming weeks, well, actually not next week because I'm getting my wisdom teeth pulled on Monday and um, I'm going to be out of commission for a few days. And so it's going to be a, a minute before we get to our next episode, but we're really excited about what the next series is going to be. So now that we've done this kind of introduction, we're going to be diving you know, headfirst into what we call the essentials of the faith. So what are the things that us Christians must believe um, to even call ourselves a Christian from the beginning? Um, what are those things that separate us from the rest of the world? So we're going to be doing um, a series, multiple series on the essentials of the Christian faith. And we would love if you would join us for that. Um, and so thank you so much for sticking around with us. Um, and we hope to see you guys again soon. Thanks so much. Bye.